Jagged, by the way, says for Jack, I would choose Dan Castellaneta. <laughs> <laughs> Don't mind if I do. <laughs> Welcome to Recotopia, a happy home for recommended movies, shows, and music from two people you can definitely trust. Trustability varies by region, no guarantees implied. Now, here are your hosts, Chris Atkinson and Jeremy Scott. Let's go, Potter. Okay. Okay. Hold it. Hold it. Yeah, excited to uh, see how this all goes. Uh, hello, everybody out there in Twitch and YouTube land. Mm-hmm. Getting the uh, streams on the YouTubes and the Twitchies at the same time. You know what I'd like to do, man? Two streams at the same time. Um, uh, but uh, this is Recotopia episode 30. 30. Dirty 30. Uh, hello, everybody. I'm Chris Atkinson. I'm Jeremy Scott. I forgot my line. <clears throat> yep, yep. And uh, and today's uh, big recommend is the worst person in the world. Mm-hmm. Um Hello, everybody uh, out there. Um, it's uh, it's cool seeing all these uh, these different. Uh, you have the Twitch and YouTube going back and forth, all these different people and so on and so forth. So happy that you guys are here and um, uh, looking forward to seeing how this goes. So, yeah. Uh, do you have any small recommend? It's no big deal. It's so small and light. It's small. It's tiny. It's petite. It's weak. I do. I come bearing two small recommends. Uh, perhaps mm. like. Many this year, you saw Top Gun Maverick. Mm-hmm. Perhaps you enjoyed it like many people this mm-hmm. year. Yep. Perhaps you helped it make more money than Avengers Infinity War. Mm-hmm. But back in 2014, the same director and star made a movie called Oblivion. Uh, yeah. this is Joseph Kaczynski and Tom Cruise. Tom motherfucking Cruise. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> Oblivion is really stylish um it's a really slick near future sci-fi movie i think it's set in like 2070 something um earth has been ravaged by war with an alien species and most of humanity has gone to live on titan which i think is a moon of saturn jupiter who the fuck cares mm-hmm. um and tom cruise and his uh partner is it andrea riseborough andrea riseborough um are basically stationed on earth to take care and maintain these drones and the drones are going about the earth killing off the remaining aliens who are called scavengers and so it's literally tom cruise's job to go out every morning look for broken drones fix those things dream about the past and the future and then come back to the they live on this super tall it's really cool super tall thing that goes way up into the clouds uh, and they have like this glass swimming pool. Like I said, it's stylish. Mm-hmm. So, um, <clears throat> I love Joseph Kaczynski's work. He did Tron Legacy. He did Oblivion. He did uh, Only the Brave, which we recommended on a previous Recotopia yep. episode. Um, Top Gun Maverick. And then I have not seen Spiderhead on Netflix yet. Uh, but uh, something tells me even if I don't love the movie, I'm going to love something about it. Because this guy mm. brings it. Um, <clears throat> so I don't want to say any more of the plot from there. Um but if, in case you haven't seen it, if it's been a long time, I would recommend going back because I think it really holds up. Uh, there's a really cool 
kind of high concept plot thread throughout. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, if you liked um, Top Gun Maverick, uh, check out what these two guys made eight years before that. Yeah, I I, haven't, I think I have not seen this movie since we send it back in the day. Oh, wow. Um, um, if we did send it, <laughs> it's been 10 years. Who knows? I think we did send this, but, um, but, uh, but I, I remember enjoying it. It's got a, it's got a good concept and it's, uh, it's definitely, definitely fun in there. And, uh, and, uh, and man, Andrea Riseborough was in everything after this movie came yep. out. This also has Olga Kurlenko. Yeah. Um, uh, Morgan Freeman, Nikolai Castor Waldo from Game of Thrones. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Anyway, uh, two thumbs up from Jeremy uh, is what mm-hmm. I really enjoy. What do you have to small recommend? Um, so I think it was Aaron a couple months ago uh, was talking about this Japanese movie called Beyond the Infinite Two Minutes. Oh, uh, wow. Yes. I watched this on Prime, and um, it's an hour and ten minutes. Very breezy. Very fun blow your mind time time distortion movie i wouldn't call it travel necessarily but the concept is very simple basically even though you're going to be a little confused but you know what your confusion doesn't really matter to your enjoyment of the movie at all Hmm. um uh there is a guy who works in a cafe and he he lives above the cafe there is a tv on a monitor on when he gets into his room and two minutes in the future himself is talking on the on the monitor and saying hey this is me this is you two minutes in the future i'm here now down in the cafe i'm talking to you and this is kind of a thing i didn't know if you knew that or not and uh and he's like you forgot your guitar pick right and he's like yeah he's like it's under the rug and he goes over to the rug and he finds the guitar pick underneath it and everything and he's like he's like be sure to come down here and tell me the same thing so that we can keep this consistent or whatever. So, so you see the guy walk down and there's another monitor in the cafe and he He is in the past on there. And he's telling this guy the same thing you just saw. So there's a, a bit of a back and forth. Now where it gets really interesting is when other people start noticing what what's going on with the monitor and it's not like you're like you would add like an extra 30 or 40 minutes to this this is not one of those things where people just like oh what kind of weird trick are you pulling and oh i don't believe this at all everybody is excited about the time tv and they want to do stuff with the time tv so like everybody who keeps coming into the story is like oh my god this is awesome or whatever and like they start they start doing stuff and they start seeing themselves in the past and in the future and so forth Finally, one of the buddies decides, what if we bring the TV that shows us the stuff from the future down to the cafe and make it face the other TV that's facing the thing in the past? And then we can start having this thing where we can see four minutes into the future and so on. Oh, my goodness. So the movie just keeps on going with this big thing, like over and over. And you see all this stuff that's going to happen and all the stuff that's already happened and all this other thing. So you're seeing this uh, from the present and everybody's like uh, trying to figure out what they want to do with this newfound power and everything. Uh, And, uh, and you find out that a lot of the people who are from the future, who are even who are themselves often lie to their past selves about what's going on. So 
it huh. brings a lot of interesting wrinkles into the whole thing. This movie w- had a smile on my face all the way throughout. Uh, an hour and ten minutes, so brisk, so like simple, and um, and uh, so I'm uh, so uh, this is a this is something that I think that you would enjoy. I think you're gonna watch this 500 times when you first see it. All right, all right. Now this has been recommended to me uh, by multiple people multiple mm-hmm. times. Mm-hmm. So. I'm going to have to bump it up the list of shame and get this thing freaking watched. Uh, it's, you know where you watched it? Is it like Netflix or? I saw it on Prime. Prime, that's right. You said that. I'm mm-hmm. sorry. Yeah. Um, yeah, that sounds wild. It sounds totally up my alley. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I'm going to have to watch it, especially yeah. since it's so short. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. I'm going to make my second recommend. Um, okay. Not a movie. Not a movie. I did not know until this year. You know how you can buy sports packages? Like you can watch, you can buy NFL Sunday ticket and watch, as far as I understand, any NFL game that you want, unless it's like blacked out in your area, which is a scam. Mm-hmm. Um, you can do this with most of the major sports. I have never done this uh, with anything but hockey. Um, but this year, my baseball team, the Orioles, are uh, better than they should be. Not mm-hmm. to say that they're great, but better than they should be. For the Mm -hmm. first time in many years, uh, I think it's been eight years or so since they made any noise. Um, And historically, uh, we have an owner who has just tended to sell off the best players, (laughs) make poor decisions. Um, And uh, his son is running the team now, and it's, you know, remains to be seen how well he's going to do. But in all these years of suck, we managed to accrue a bunch of really good minor league players in the draft, and we have one of the best farm systems in baseball. My parents are obsessed with the Orioles. They live in Florida. They go to spring training games. I hear talk about the Orioles all the time, and when I heard the chatter that, hey, they're good again this year, or they're watchable again this year, I thought, I got to watch them, but they're never on TV here. And then my buddy Jonathan, Jonathan Watkins, mm-hmm. said, hey, did you know on MLB.TV, you can buy a team-specific package? You don't have to buy the whole package. Now, it's actually probably financially smarter to buy the whole package if you think you might at all watch any more games because it's not mm-hmm. that much more expensive. But I bought the, the Baltimore Orioles team-specific package, and I have mm-hmm. seen part of or all of every game since. That's been like two months now. Mm-hmm. I've gone from casually looking and see how bad the Orioles are a few times a year to watching every single game this year mm-hmm. and getting really wrapped up in it. Um, and so if you have a favorite team, maybe not even baseball, but uh, football or basketball, check and see if they don't have a team-specific package uh, where you can – I mean, the only the only game that was blacked out for me was when they played the Cincinnati Reds. Thankfully, that was on another channel on regular cable mm-hmm. anyway. Uh, but I don't think any other team they could possibly play would black out here. Um, so it's just really worked out well for me and got me back into baseball. I really enjoy it. I thought I would let other people know because I never knew that existed. So there you go. Yeah, that's kind of a godsend, really. I mean, if you're, you know, if you don't want to spend for like all the baseball or whatever, um, I do do that. I probably don't take advantage of being able to see all the baseball, but there are times that I'm like, I've got, you know, I've got a couple of games I want to see at once or whatever. So like, it's, it's pretty awesome when that happens. Uh, by the way, uh, uh, we had a comment from, uh, Shireen or whatever. She says, good evening from the Netherlands, Chris and Jeremy. I'm honored wow. to catch you guys live. And, uh, and, uh, I don't know how many people we've got from like, uh, other countries watching us, but, uh, welcome. 
welcome yeah. to to the uh, podcast um uh, glad that you could make it um the uh my next small recommend is on netflix um it is called the platform um Ooh. this movie is a little fucked up i'm gonna i i, I, I want to make sure make sure, you know you guys want to make sure that you get what you're getting into is kind of a horror movie uh there's some grossness uh there's some some things in this uh this movie uh but uh uh it was an intriguing premise i had to watch this um it's uh it's this structure it's a vertical like jail structure where there's a hole in the center and there's rooms that that are that are you can see from your room like you like at the beginning the main character is on level 48 and he mm. can see all the way up to this it's like this infinite amount of rooms there's this hole that's there and he can look down and it's like an infinite amount of holes it seems like it just like keeps keeps going and everything and he is uh uh he is uh roomed with this older guy who's like spending who's been there for quite some time he he knows what this place is all about and he has you know he he knows how to survive and everything um every once in a while this platform comes down through the hole and it has food for them. But the problem is it's a platform that has been through other levels before it gets to yours. So all these other prisoners have taken their fill of whatever's on the table and it goes down. So by the time it gets to level 48, there's not much left that you kind of want to really want to pick at in there the his roommates immediately on it though he's like oh you gotta you gotta you gotta eat this man this is good you don't want to i mean you might get sent to and apparently every month you get sent to another level so like if you get sent to 135 then you're going to be at a level that gets almost nothing when you get there um and uh so he's like 48 is kind of a good level to be at if you're if you're if you're really to be honest and everything um so this so this platform is is delivering them food that is obviously like nearly picked clean and you can't you can't like ask anybody above you to not eat the food or not or or to to ration or anything everybody's in it for themselves there's a kind of a you know there's there's definitely a metaphor for like actual life hierarchy type stuff in this movie um because because the people who are above do generally think of themselves as above you in every single way in this jail or whatever. Um, so we go through this guys finally like, okay, I better start eating some things, even though I don't really want to or whatever. And then one day, uh, the, uh, a dead body falls down to their level and they're like, what the hell is this? And one of his, his roommates like, yeah, whatever you, that happens every once in a while or whatever. Um, and following that, uh, the platform comes down and there's this woman on the platform and we find out that she's looking for her son. And the main guy is like, they put kids in this place. And, uh, and, uh, and he's like, no, they don't put kids in this place or whatever. Like, but, he, but he's just kind of like, eh, hey, whatever. It's no, no big deal. Um, it gets to the point where this guy's like, I really want to do something about what's going on in here. And I want to, and so he's trying to figure out how he can make this place better for everybody. And everybody's got their own thing. Like some people think you should 
be able to uh, convince others not to eat so much. Because apparently, if everybody took their fair portion, then everybody all the way down to the lowest level would be able to get food. But nobody ever does that, and nobody can we they, nobody can talk to each other. Then there's the other other thing, which is like, well, maybe we'll have to do some other things to try to get this. It's a it's a fun puzzle, basically, of what they're trying to figure out here. And um, it's a very interesting movie. Like I said, there is some some stuff in there that's going to make you recoil a little bit. I don't think it's the grossest movie ever made by any means. <laughs> um, but there are some gross things in it and everything. But an interesting an interesting premise and something that I I think some of you out there would enjoy. So the platform came out in 2019, I believe 2019. Um, so yeah, it's on Netflix. Interesting. Interesting. Mm -hmm. It does. It does sort of, I saw somebody mention, it sounds like cube um, kind of. Uh, or yeah. Mixed yeah. With escape plan. I think I, I, the comments are coming fast and furious for, <laughs> yeah. it's hard for me to keep up. Yeah. Um, yeah. <clears throat> That sounds very intriguing. All right, there um, is kind of a there is kind of some some cube to it, uh, escape plan for sure. Um, uh, but it, you know, the only difference between this and cube is that there's not really like it's not like each room is something different or anything. It's all the same room, mm. so there's not anything different about any particular room except for the fact of how low you are or how high you are. Uh, you're going to be able to get the the best stuff the higher you're up. So anyway. Um, I guess it's time for the big recommend. The big recommend. I'm fine. I'm fine. It's just that you're so big. It's so huge. It's a good rule, but this is bigger than rules. It's bigger on the inside. Is it? I noticed. I'm very interested. I'm very interested to know what you think about this movie. By the way, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it's a lot of times. A lot of times, you just you tell me, and and then I know before we go on. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know about this. One. Um, the worst person in the world uh it came out uh last year uh it's from norway mm -hmm. um and uh it um let me make sure that i get my uh stuff up here because uh are you gonna say will, names yeah because i'm gonna say names and oh i don't want to like i i actually i actually looked up i mean i looked an interview up so i can make sure the uh the main star is renata reinsvay um who plays julie in this movie um and it's 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 about her and like how a lot of you know it's funny she starts off by by saying that it's hard to figure out what to focus on she wants to be a doctor at the beginning but there's all this other stuff to worry about there's world hunger and there's there's war and there's famine and all this other stuff going on and like how can i focus on this one thing and it's like, like, yeah, this is sort of the day and age we live in. But I, you know, it's funny. I felt like I lived in this age before the age of smartphones too. Mm. I felt like very, I felt very connected to this character in so many ways because this person doesn't know what they want to do. And everybody else around them, ha around her seems to know exactly what they want. Mm. And it's frustrating when you are this kind of person who has a lot of different interests and a lot of different things that go on in your in your world that that you know that's that people are so sure about what they want and then they get frustrated at you for not knowing what exactly you want 
And at the very beginning of this, she changes her major several times. She's like a doctor. She's a photographer. She's a psychiatrist, all these different things. Um, and, uh, and then she ends up working at a bookstore, uh, and uh, she, you see her dating life. She starts dating this guy and this guy and this guy, whatever. Everybody's got their own function or whatever. And, you know, there's even a scene early on. She's probably not even been out with this guy for a week or whatever. And she's already talking to some other dude. Yeah. And that guy in the bar or the party or whatever is already looking down like, oh, she's already gone <laughs> to somebody else. And, and, uh, and it's just, you know, it's stuff that happens. And this somebody else is uh, a, a former a uh, comic book writer who's done some sort of like a bobcat comic book of some sort uh his name is axel uh uh played by now i don't i think it's anders danielson lee but i didn't look up this guy's interviews or anything <laughs> like that but uh but uh but uh he has he's not doing that anymore i think he's pretty much i don't he doesn't really have any he's like i think he's just like already he's living off his money from that comic book i don't think he's doing anything really no i don't think so um um but early on you see that you know you know at first at first um they they have this nice relationship and you think oh maybe it's just maybe it's just sex and whatever and he go and he says something like i'm much older than you i don't think I, you're gonna you're gonna hold that against me later i've ever been in a lot of relationships i know this is how it's going to end or whatever and she's like yeah whatever and she walks out and then she's like oh i kind of am in love with this guy <laughs> and then she comes back and he's glad that she's come back and they start this long relationship um and uh and uh somewhere in there he he takes her to a sort of a retreat where his family is and his family has you know, has, you know, they all have kids and everything. And the discussion about whether they should have kids or not comes up. And he is, again, it's another one of those decision points where he is so sure that he wants to have kids and she's not sure at all. And he blasts her for not knowing whether or not she wants kids. And she's just about to turn 30. And there's this idea that like, oh, you need to know exactly what you want at age 30 or else, you know, you're not living your, your perfect life or whatever. Uh, so there's a big argument about this. And, uh, and, uh, and I just, again, I, I connect, connect so well to a character like this because it feels like me a lot uh, uh, in this, in this type of stuff, because everybody around me, seem they know exactly what they wanted they got their job they got married they had kids all this stuff this is stuff that they wanted and i was always like i don't know if i'm <laughs> if i really like any of that type of stuff at all and um and uh and and it's hard for people who who have those type of things to relate to someone who just doesn't know uh it's not too long before she kind of gets in a complacency mode with him and meets this guy at when she crashes a party uh this guy i don't think i ever heard the name correctly it's ivan or even or something like that mm. um he she meets him and this and it's a really interesting section because it's called cheating and they do everything except what you would call cheating except it's clearly cheating and kind of gross <laughs> and kind of gross at the same time. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, 
but it's interesting. There's so many things where they're like kind of pretending like, is this cheating? And they're like, and he's like, no, that's not cheating. There's like, they think they're, they're, they're doing this like kind of like toe in the line type stuff, all this thing. And then they part ways after the night. They haven't, they haven't had sex, but they've clearly had a connection and real intimate moments together. And, uh, she sort of forgets about it, but then he shows up with his girlfriend at the bookstore and they're looking for some sort of yoga book or something like that. And, uh, and, uh, he, he fakes like he left his sunglasses when he walks out with his girlfriend and he comes back and talks to Julie and says, Hey, you know, uh, I'm, I'm over by this barcode thing. I don't know what that is. You don't think, I, I think don't know it's what, what it is. They, my impression was it's something the locals call, a building that looks like a barcode or mm -hmm. like it's like a multi-use structure. That was the impression I got with the contact clues, but they, that was clearly some kind of an inside knowledge thing for Norwegians. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, it's obviously not too long before she finally says to, uh, to Axel, we have to end this. And it is one of the most heartbreaking yet, it's not one of those same kind of breakup arguments that you see in movies where it's, it's, there's no yelling, really. There's no accusing all that much. It's just that she doesn't know. She, she definitely doesn't feel like she should be in this relationship anymore. She can't explain why. She doesn't know what to tell him. Yes, she's met somebody else, but you know that this has been building up before she met somebody else. And she doesn't know how to put it in words. And it's very frustrating to someone who's on the other side of it, getting broken up with, to not have a real reason because they're trying to come up. He's trying to ask her to come up with reasons why she's doing it. And she's like, there's no reason, basically. It's basically, it's just done. It's over. I don't feel it anymore. I still love you in the in the way that I care that what happens to you and, I, and whatever, but I don't want to be in a relationship anymore. It's really hard to explain that to somebody a lot of times. And she, she, there is a point where I think she's looking for maybe this will satisfy if I can just say that he's this or that or whatever. And it's just not, it doesn't come off as true as just I'm out of, the, I just don't want to be in this anymore. Uh, but she jumps right into this other relationship. She does. Right after. Um, and it's not too long into that one where he finds an article that she wrote while she was with Axel, this Ivan guy finds it and is, where you know in the first when she shows this article to axel early on axel's just kind of given the oh this is good you yeah. know and it's just it's not true ivan gives him gives gives her finds it and is like genuinely in love with this article and everything and she reacts completely differently than you would think she doesn't like the fact that she's that he's read this article he it could be a number of reasons why it could be because that was a part of her in the past. She doesn't mm -hmm. want to, she doesn't want to, uh, you know, uh, uh, celebrate anything from the past. She doesn't, she's a different person now, whatever, all these type of things. And so even that relationship, which seems so beautiful at first burns out pretty quickly and everything. So there's a lot of like really heavy stuff in this. Uh, it gets heavier and heavier as it goes along. Um, and, uh, I, I, for, I had forgotten how heavy it got, but there is a really 
beautiful middle section of this when she's about to break up with Axel where the whole world stops. Yeah. And she wa- she runs through <laughs> she runs through Oslo and like everybody's just kind of like in in mid position like mid position of doing something or whatever. She runs into Ivan and Ivan and them have this long like evening where they're just kind of kind of kissing here and there. They're talking whatever. They sit on a bench. The whole day goes by, the sun comes up. Uh, and then she comes back and everybody's still suspended in motion, including a really funny point m- moment where she sees two people kissing on a stairway <laughs> and she, she grabs the woman's hand and puts it on the guy's butt and then run <laughs> and then walks off and then, then comes back, uh, to, uh, to do that breakup. But, uh, um, anyway, uh, you know, uh, what did you think about this? movie? I liked it a lot. I okay. love how i the thing i the thing i love about this movie is also the thing that i think keeps me from loving the movie which is how unconventional it is um like you mentioned the tone getting darker and more serious as it goes in the first 20 or 30 minutes i would call this a comedy mm-hmm. um and it veers hard into drama by the end and that's kind of a gradual turn and i feel like it's on purpose Mm -hmm. um and so that makes me want to praise the film but emotionally while i was watching it it was hard for me to connect um to those tonal shifts now that actress is incredible she's Mm -hmm. so charming Mm -hmm. this is one of those star making turns where i mean she she sells the movie she's why the movie works at all mm-hmm. and i wrote down that she's like a mix between emily mortimer with a dash of dakota johnson and that girl from um the movie with the dresses um the, <laughs> the stitch the stitching the uh, daniel day lewis is a dickhead with oh yeah 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 i i can't remember her name unfortunately but i got a vibe of kind of bits of each of those three people from her but she's easy to watch she's in almost every scene um and there's like even like this one shot after she leaves that party where she doesn't let dude um say her name i think maybe maybe it's before she goes to that party there's like Mm -hmm. a one shot of her walking down a sidewalk down a long street with like oslo in the background and she's kind of like half crying um she just really grips you and pulls you in um i loved the time pause scene uh where you know they're the only two for whom time has not stopped i love Mm -hmm. as soon as she flips that light switch not only does time stop but the world gets brighter Mm -hmm. like the Mm -hmm. colors pop more during that day and when she goes back to do the breakup switches the switch off they get dull again Mm -hmm. little visual touches like that um there's a lot of artistry at work here, but this is a kind of movie I think I need to watch a few times before I decide if I love it or not. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that makes complete sense. Um, there's one weird thing I want to mention that it's not necessarily my place to mention as a man, but she has a miscarriage towards the end of this film mm-hmm. that feels really glossed over. Mm which is to say the people that I have known who have had miscarriages, even if they weren't sure they wanted to keep the baby, those are traumatic events. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just kind of cuts from that to the future. And she's a photographer. She's on set doing a job. 
And so I was left wondering, like the movie jumps time a bunch of different, it's taking place over like four years. So mm-hmm. I'm sh- sure they made the jumps they wanted to make, but I felt like seeing so much of her emotional journey, especially with related to, do I want kids? Oh shit, I don't, oh shit, I'm pregnant. Um, it felt like, and maybe that's something that just got cut for time or something, but it felt like there could be more to deal with from that event than just, uh, well, she doesn't have to worry about that anymore. I, I think that's exactly what they're saying in this movie, by the way. Mm. Oh, well, don't have to worry about that anymore. Um, because when she, when she has that spotting in the shower and everything, um, and then she's told that the baby didn't survive, there's a sort of a look to, I don't know, I can't remember if it's the fourth wall break or whatever, but uh, there's a smile that creeps across her face. Like, I don't have to worry about this anymore. Yeah. And, yeah. and then it does cut abruptly to her next, her next uh, whatever she's doing. She's, for, she's doing photography for a, a movie shoot. And, um, and, uh, I really do think that's, that's sort of what it, what it is. It's the end of that chapter in her life. Okay. She's starting the new chapter and yeah, they could spend, I guess, some time on her just kind of being like, I'm totally okay with this or whatever. But I think the, that's what the movie is saying. Mm. It felt like one okay of the major themes. So for me, I just felt like they were going to incorporate that more. Um, <clears throat> I did think the breakup was devastating. Um, mm-hmm with both of her major relationships in this movie she doesn't tell them something important until Mm -hmm. it's too late she doesn't tell him any of how she's feeling until she's breaking up with him to the point where he thinks she's having a manic episode he thinks she's like having a psychotic break because Mm -hmm. he doesn't understand why she's saying any of this yeah and then she doesn't tell the second boyfriend that she's pregnant until way too late and that's ultimately i think the trigger point for them breaking up Mm-hmm. Um, and that guy didn't want kids. They break up, and then when she sees him at the end, he's got a kid. Yeah. Well, things so change. The movie you know? has a lot to say about. Actually, I think the movie's ultimate message is that life is messy, and it's not easy to figure out who you are. And that is a perfectly valid message. I love that it didn't wrap up in a neat bow. I love that it didn't have anyone running back into anyone's arms at the end. Mm-hmm. like a cheesy romantic comedy America would make. Um, I think we need to talk about that mushroom trip a little bit. I was about to say, uh, if if there was anything else that we needed to talk about, it's the mushroom trip, which <laughs> it's a bad is, trip <laughs> is, uh, is both, is both beautiful and messy all at the same time. Like just, uh, it, it's kind of like Wolf of Wall Streetian, like, cause they, it's these old mushrooms, right? They found this stuff yeah they eat it they don't think anything's they don't think it's working the guy is about to drive home by himself and then he suddenly (laughs) drops his keys and like and then suddenly everything just starts getting really wonky to julie's uh perspective throughout this whole thing which is you know a whole ball of just messy energy she's thinking of herself as this like older bigger woman uh i don't know what that's all about but like that's what she's feeling like in the time yeah there's a moment where she sees her dad and there's a whole thing with her dad she's got dad issues for sure uh dad left her a long time ago obviously for another family and and um and uh you know it's it fucked her up a long time ago and then i think 
now she's just kind of accepted it, even though it's still a pain that there, but yeah, mm. she sees her dad and there's a whole thing pulling out a tampon and all this other stuff in front of him. And, uh, and there's wiping just a lot of craziness. Okay. So, but then here's, here's what I both love and hate about this scene is that it cuts to the next morning and boyfriend's bringing in coffee, but she actually has blood on her face. Yeah. And I'm like, she did that. Mm -hmm. well her dad wasn't there no but she did that and it's like <laughs> never discussed again except he yeah. says well we won't be doing that anymore um, <laughs> yeah yeah but, I actually uh, but wrote, don't do mushrooms kids <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh but it's got it's got a lot of like you know it's got some of that get out feel to it too and like you know just the the way it uh the way stuff is shot because she's so there's a one point where she falls to the ground or whatever and then and uh and uh ivan seems like really really far up above her like you know she's like sunk down and then he's all the way up yep. here and a lot of like uh it, it's it's one of those that's it's not you know it's kind of crazy for sure there's no doubt it's one of the craziest drug scenes i've seen um i, I was not expecting it and i love I also go ahead fast she grabs the bag but somebody says oh these are magic mushrooms she just grabs it and yeah. scoops back over to the couch like she's she's all in immediately yeah yeah um there's another interesting thing in this too and i'm i'm wondering what uh you know the the director is yo yokim what is it yokim something yokim trier i believe yeah yokim trier um there's an interesting scene with axel on a uh, like a morning television show or, mm. or podcast or something like that, where the women on the podcast call him out for the sexist stuff that is in his comics. And he is in turn saying, you know, I think art should be messy. And I think that art should, uh, uh, you know, it sh I should be able to say whatever is in my dark thoughts that I would never do in in art and everything and they're and they come back like it's two different it's, it, these are people having two different conversations oh yeah back and forth and i think it's interesting i don't think he's citing one way or the other with any of these people but they're both right and wrong about a lot of things and it's kind of just there's all this like big like crossfire like nobody is actually discussing nobody's meeting anybody halfway in that wasn't scene. that i felt like that was just a pretty clear like thematically i felt like that was just not specifically about anyone but it feels like the last four or five years of at least american pop culture debate has been about you know well comedians are supposed to offend and mm. if, uh, if i'm not allowed to offend you then i'm not being funny and right. I felt like it was kind of speaking to that mindset he even says if, if this right here was a comedy sketch i would call you a whore mm -hmm. and she's gobsmacked that he just mm -hmm. did that because yeah. like you said he's she didn't hear if this was a comedy sketch she just heard whore and mm -hmm. so yeah. his point was lost mm -hmm. but he's not listening to them at all he's right. just drawing a, a total line uh, i thought that was a very interesting scene it's it's there's a lot of coincidences in this movie the fact that she's happens to see this while she's working out <laughs> i felt was yeah. a little coincidental but i think again i think it's on purpose because at the end she's taking pictures of the lead actress in this movie or tv show that actress gets up and walks outside and it's her old boyfriend mm -hmm. uh, that she's with yeah. so i feel yeah. like the movie is sort of saying 
some of these coincidences happen in life all around us anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I did write down how, how small is Oslo? Uh, yeah. <clears throat> because it, anyway. Um, well, and, and, and in the uh, interview that I saw Renata Rhines Bay in, which was a Seth Meyers thing, she said mm-hmm. something to the effect that if you close down one road in Oslo, you're shutting down half the whole city or something like that. <laughs> so, you know, it's one of those type of things. Uh, but, uh, uh, but, uh, what was, what was the other thing? Oh yeah. And then, yeah, of course there's a whole big heavy thing at the end too, with, uh, with Axel, uh, having cancer Mm. and, you know, sort of a closure moment for both of them as they talk about all the different things that, uh, you know, I, I, I had a heart, you know, that's, that's one of those just heartbreaking, uh, moments because he's sure that she was the love of his life and, and she was, uh, he, he's been in enough relationships to know which was real or not. And, and that she didn't end up feeling the same way is, you know, is one of those things, you know, that he's, he's dealt with over the years, but he's glad that he, he got, you know, the time that he did. And, Mm. um, um, yeah um i love this movie uh i know that there's some parts of it that are hard to digest but um but watching it the second time i think i liked it more than i liked it the first time um and um, i i will very likely feel the same way when i watch it a second mm-hmm. time as well um and i certainly don't want to give the impression that i did not like it I really really mm-hmm. did this movie's super inventive um and uh there's a lot um, of really new stuff in it yeah, there's a couple of uh, comments I wanted to get to. Um, uh, the the actress we were trying to think of from Phantom Thread was Vicky Cra- Vicky Crepes. Um, thank you. Thank you. <clears throat> um, uh, we had uh, let's see what was this one? Okay, uh, Zalius says this movie is weird because I don't think it's bad. Everything is obviously very purposeful. The actors are good, and I still couldn't connect to most of it. It really feels like one of these movies where I was just not the target audience in any mm. way, and that totally makes sense because mm. the um, the character being played is very specific doesn't doesn't have doesn't really have a, a a goal in mind doesn't have anything that she wants in life. The, there's no end game to this movie. Um, so that's what I think can be a little frustrating when you watch it is you're like, what does this person want? She doesn't know either. Mm. Um, uh, I, Shella 12, I think is a life somehow brings you to weird places where you once said you'd never be. I really like this movie for that and for not making huge drama out of things that can be handled differently. Now I want to watch it again. Mm. Um, so yeah, I mean, uh, it's one of those, it's, it's, uh, it's going to be, a, it's a tough movie. I didn't remember how, how, how very hard into, into drama it leaned, uh, later on in the movie and everything, especially right after the frozen time scene. Mm. Um, I didn't realize that, uh, I'd forgotten that and everything, but, um, but, uh, anyway, yeah, I'm glad that you at least somewhat liked it, if not mm-hmm. like more than somewhat liked it and oh, yeah. uh, that, that it wasn't a total, like, oh my God, I just can't. No, not at all. In fact, there's a moment that I think sums up the movie really well for me when she's breaking up with dude mm-hmm. and there's kind of a stranger than fiction narrator through most of this movie that kind of explains her thoughts in humorous ways. Mm-hmm. And she says to him, I love you but I don't love you. And the Mm -hmm. narrator says she felt in that moment that she had most, that was the most accurate statement she'd ever said in her life or something like that. And it just encapsulates 
her and how she felt about everything. Um, mm-hmm. No, I, I really liked it. I just, uh, I need to see it again um, to let the things that were surprising and jarring to me uh, melt away and let me just follow her journey some more. But yeah, yeah. it's really good. Um, all right. Uh, all so right. it's time for the super secret double feature oh, for this man. movie. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hand Hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Be very, very quiet. Secret? What secret? A dirty little secret. I tell you something I've never told anyone. I thought long and hard about doing Forgetting Sarah Marshall solely because the main character has a breakup with the big relationship, finds a new relationship. But then that one is broken up and they don't end up with anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, but the tone and the content of these movies are wildly different. And I don't think they would mesh very well. Mm-hmm. For the same reason, I thought about La La Land because they don't end up together mm-hmm. at the end. And I, I can appreciate a dramedy that doesn't take the easy out. Um, <clears throat> but I'm going to end up going with Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because I feel like uh these movies feel very similar uh they're both about exploring who you are uh what you want out of a relationship they both have a relationship that is both uh strong and not terribly healthy Mm -hmm. um that kind of i think both movies are saying some of the same things about love and relationships and life uh, and I just think mood wise, uh, they would go pretty well hand in hand, uh, the American counterpart, uh, oh, exploring yeah. why do we love each other? Why do we fall out of love? Um, what do we want in life? Um, anyway, so that's my pick for the super secret double feature. Eternal, Eternal Sunshine. Sunshine is an excellent choice. Uh, in the chat, uh, Slab says my way too obvious double feature would be Amelie, which is another one that I thought of during mm-hmm. this whole thing. Though Amelie is is also maybe has that same tonal uh, incongruence because that's you know quirky the whole thing. But I did see, I did think of Amelie while watching. I did it. too. And uh, that's not my name. Says Five Hundred Days of Summer is also too basic but uh it also works because it's got the same kind of yep. uh, issues in that the one that i thought of throughout was high fidelity mm, um, thought of that one uh, too <clears throat> yeah because uh that's a whole thing where john cusack really loves getting into these new relationships with people and then she hate he hates getting into the whole like having to actually be in a relationship afterwards and so he's got a lot of love them and leave them uh on his uh his resume there so to speak um and uh so anyway uh all right well what is our next week's homework all right next week's homework i have been as i told you at the outset of the show in a baseball state of mind watching my Mm -hmm. favorite team play Mm -hmm. every day Mm -hmm. so next week we are going to watch and discuss 1988's eight men out oh nice this is a story about the 1919 Black yep. White 1919 Sox. White Sox. Sox. Yep. yep. They are considered still statistically one of the best teams ever put on the field. Um, and then uh, they took money 
from shady people to throw the World Series and got several of them banned from baseball for life, including the famous shoeless Joe Jackson. Mm -hmm. This movie has everyone. John Mahoney, the dad from Frasier, Christopher Lloyd, David Strathairn, Charlie Sheen, John Cusack. This is directed by John Sayles, who made our second John Sayles movie. Yep, uh, made Lone Star. Made Lone Star, yeah. And this movie is on Tubi for free, I assume with ads. It's on Amazon Prime, uh, if you have a regular subscription. Uh, which is probably the way most of you will watch it. Uh, it's also on. I got. Is Pluto a thing? Yeah, Pluto service a thing. called Pluto. I'm blind. Pluto's a thing. I don't. I don't have Pluto, but it's a thing. Pluto. It's also on Pluto, uh, or you can rent it at any of the usual places. Um, I love this movie. Um, I think it's a fascinating, uh, real historical event, and this is a mm-hmm. really solid look at it from kind of all angles. Mm-hmm. Um, and I uh, hope you guys enjoy it. And I can't wait to talk some baseball. <clears throat> yeah. And this, and my, Michael, this is an out of context thing, but Michael Rooker saying, You never had to play for Charlie Comiskey. That's the part <laughs> that I can't wait to get to in this. One. I haven't seen this in forever. Michael Rooker, man. Michael Rooker. <clears throat> this, uh, the guy, the guy just knocks it out of the park every time. Uh, we have uh, some questions. Yeah, I do believe we have some time for. For some questions. Question. Question. I got something to say. I want the truth. I am listening. Uh, what, in your opinion, are the best movies or shows that have an absurdly thin premise? Mm, okay. Um, Lost in Translation is uh, one of them. Oh. Um, uh, it, it has almost. It's this. I've said this before. This is not a movie I typically like, and. I, a type of type of movie that I typically like, but for some reason, Sofia Coppola like really puts you in sort of a dreamlike state while you're watching this, watching this thing. And Scarlett Johansson and Bill Murray are so good at it. Um, uh, so Lost in Translation would be there. I also, and maybe this isn't, I don't know if, if this can, is considered a thin premise, but small soldiers is another one that I, I, you know, it's, you know, toys at a toy company turn evil. They get a chip that that that's a, like a an actual military war chip that turns them into sentient toys, and uh, they want to actually do war on people. And that's this whole premise of the movie is that they're warring this neighborhood when they get yeah. sent when kids get them for Christmas. And I do stuff. like that movie though. Yeah, I do too. Bradley I Woodford's too. in that movie. Yeah. Oh, uh, it's uh, like, uh, was it uh, Kirsten Dunst was like, I don't know, 14 or 15 She's in really it. really young and, in that uh, movie. Yeah. Um, uh, Tommy Lee Jones does a voice. Yep. yep. Uh, there's the a lot of soldiers. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, I'm going to go with uh, my dinner with Andre. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's just two dudes having a conversation. <laughs> two dudes talking over dinner. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is uh, both a very thin premise and a completely watchable movie. Uh, I also wrote down clerks. Um, yeah. Yeah. Cause you know, the title of the movie is basically the synopsis of the plot. Mm-hmm. He wasn't even um, supposed to be here today. What's that? He wasn't even supposed to be. He wasn't today. even supposed to be here today. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, let's do another one. I would like mm-hmm. to see a recasting of the shining ah. question. Um, <laughs> what do you say, Chris? Uh, I have as Jack Leonardo DiCaprio. Ooh, he would uh, kill it. I have Wendy as Mia Goff. Ooh, nice. Uh, Dick Halloran as Courtney B. Vance. Mm. 
Mm. And Danny, I mean, you're going to cast whoever's a kid at the time that you cast it. I don't, I don't know of any like seven or eight year old kids right now. Like the, the guy who popped into my head is the dude from the black phone, but he's like oh, yeah. 15, he's 15 years old. I don't know if he could pull off Danny. He's at too this old. Point. Yeah. So, uh, I don't, I don't know who, I don't know who's killing it as a seven or eight year old right now, but you know, whoever, whoever's like, uh, being cranked through the system, you put, put that guy's name. <laughs> yeah. I wrote down some kid. So, um, yeah, same yeah, philosophy, yeah. uh, speaking of the black phone, which I recently watched, um, for uh nicholson's character i'm going with jeremy davies okay yeah he would I be able to do I've that ever seen play a normal person like he's almost always a little bit nuts <laughs> in one mm -hmm. way or another mm -hmm. uh for the wife i put aubrey plaza just because i would yeah. put aubrey plaza in everything yeah yeah and then uh, i'm calling on uh candy tony todd uh mm -hmm. to come in fill out that final main role and uh that would be my shining and some kid to play danny uh, yeah yeah uh, and shireen's like uh how about the actor who played georgie from it he looks rather young still no but he's probably like i don't know he's probably like 30 now he's probably had a growth spurt they kids freaking do like that. every time every time like you're like oh that kid from uh you know uh, insidious now he's like 35 you didn't you didn't realize that but he's 35 now that kid from Insidious. Slap says his kid <laughs> his kid wants to watch The Shining and he's like, eh, that's probably wise there, Slap. Um, mm -hmm. and I mean, I don't know what age we're talking about here, but um, you know, I would I would go into the mid to high teens before we get into that movie. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's only if they can handle that kind of stuff. It gets a little yeah. freaky. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right, let's do one more and then we'll uh, throw right. it to our producer to uh, play us out jagged by the way says for jack i would choose dan castellaneta <laughs> <laughs> don't mind if i do <laughs> go crazy um all right people like to debate what is or isn't a baseball movie or what is or isn't a sports movie give me a movie that has a ton of sports in it that you think isn't a sports movie Okay, so I could take this two ways. One is we consider it a sports movie or it's advertised as a sports movie, but it's really not that much sports. Mm. Or it's got lots of sports in it. We don't consider it a sports movie, but it's got lots of sports in it. So mm. one of them was Uncut Gems uh, was a thought uh, nice. on this one because Adam Sandler is constantly betting on sports and it's, it's a so big a part of the movie's plot actually that he's betting on sports um and then as far as movies that are uh you know they are sports movies but don't really have much sports in them the original rocky is mm. one of them mm. and ironically or coincidentally i think it's coincidentally i put mm. eight men out down on this one as well <laughs> uh, that's awesome uh, because eight men out is yes it's about the white Sox in 1919 there's not that much baseball in it there's a lot of like uh all the stuff going on behind the scenes mm -hmm. of the baseball that's mm -hmm. going on in eight man out so interesting uh, all of you saying Moneyball in the chat are wrong Moneyball is a sports movie. It's a baseball movie. Um, this is my. I don't know. I can see what they're saying though. There's well, there's some there's 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 a section where they're doing the winning streak and it's more sports at that point. But everything else around it, I think, is kind of yeah. No, I'm just yeah. this is a hot dog sandwich debate. And right, 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 just right. Just a, a little bit of fun. Sure. Um, I went with two for the money. You ever see this, Matt McConaughey? Uh, and yeah, Alec when it Pacino. came out, I don't remember much about it. 
it's about sports betting. Uh, Matthew McConaughey is this wonderkind who comes out of obscurity and picks a bunch of games right in a row and becomes the top picker at Al Pacino's sports book. Mm-hmm. And Rene Russo's in this movie and Jeremy Piven's in this movie. It's terrible. I, I've watched it twice. I don't know why. Um, but they, they talk about football constantly. They talk mm-hmm. about the spreads. They talk about college football teams. They're often a TV screen in the room with a game being watched because they're trying to see if his pick is going to win or not. But this movie is all about the gambling and nothing about the sports mm-hmm. in terms of what it's really trying to say. So that was my answer for that one. The I also chat. wrote down maybe oh, big, maybe big fan. Oh, big fan for sure. Because Pat Oswalt's just talking about uh, the next season and yeah, there's no sports really, but it's, it is about him, you know, trying to ensure that the giants are going to be, <laughs> supreme or by any supreme. means necessary um the chat uh josh says the natural i actually thought about that for a bit um yes and no yeah like it, it's it's one of those where there's a lot of baseball in it and it drives that movie a lot but there's so much not baseball about it too mm. so i i totally agree with that mm. uh justin says fever pitch yeah fever pitch is kind of more of a romantic comedy uh that's one they famously had to reshoot the ending because the Boston Red Sox actually won the World Series at the end of it. Uh, Dare Do says Space Jam. Yeah, Space Jam is definitely one. Slab says The Blind Side. Uh, oh, that's a good one. Shaggy says Rounders. Yeah. Uh, 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 Chris Batkinson says Warrior. Yep. Oh. Uh, Dare Do says Any Given Sunday. Josh says The Wrestler. Yeah, for sure. Oh, the rest of the uh, Jets Met says the replacements for sure. That's a definitely that's definitely up there. Zelly says Uncut Gems, aka Anxiety, the movie. Yep, absolutely. Jagged mm-hmm. says The Hunt. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. And then you have Matthew Long says Draft Day. We have Dodgeball. We have Field of Dreams and Ten Cup. Mm-hmm. So a lot of these sports movies are really just you know they they they're they're working out the they're exercising the demons of their characters right mm-hmm. the, the it's mm-hmm. almost incidental so almost all sports movies are like this they're not usually about the sport necessarily a lot of times but um anyway um well all right well that's a show the uh the next uh the next week is going to be eight men out mm-hmm. uh uh, happy all of you came by today on uh, on Patreon and YouTube to see us live on this Tuesday. Uh, very happy that you guys came out and the chat looks even lively, livelier than normal. So I'm very happy about that. So, uh, uh, all right. Well, uh, we'll guess we'll see you next week. Thanks, everybody. See ya. Bye. part of the live show by being a member of the sin club at patreon at patreon.com slash cinema chat with us on the cinema discord at discord.gg slash cinema or cinema twitter at cinema and email any comments or questions to recotopia at cinema that's r-e-c-o-t-o-p-i-a at cinema I will, n- I will no longer be placing uh, wild $1,000 prop bets on Orioles in the postseason, which yeah. was my, obviously was my plan until yesterday. Mm-hmm. That's right. Gonna that. You're going to do some wheeling and dealing. There's a mm-hmm. documentary on, on Netflix I want to watch with my wife that maybe you'd be interested in um, called Inside the Mind of a Cat. Ah. And it's basically like, from what I've been told, like 70, 75 minutes long.
and it's got a bunch of uh, experts uh, speculating on what cats are thinking. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know. It just sounds up my alley. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Being as you I have bet. three cats. <clears throat> yeah. So there you go. There's a there's a small recommend before the show even begins. There's a lot of times I've I've had to think in a way like that's completely opposite of human uh, when it comes to cats because like I sit there and I and I feel bad when I like have to take them out of a room and close them out of it and all this other type of stuff and I'm like they don't think anything personal about this all they know is that they can't get into that place anymore that's all they know they don't know that you did it they don't know that you know there's any any uh personal reason behind it they just all they know is oh i can't get there anymore that's probably what they're sitting there thinking because <laughs> yeah, a lot of I times mean... you and a lot, there's sometimes where they're sitting there playing you know, they always take in like live like a like a lizard or something into the into the house and i have to pick it up so they don't like kill it in there and leave a whole bunch of lizard in there <laughs> and uh and and uh, I pick it up and I and and a lot of times I'm able to save the lizard and I put it out <laughs> on the side and everything and they don't sit there and go oh why did you take that lizard out they're actually looking for where the lizard went right after you <laughs> take it like yeah. they don't even think that you took it out they just like oh it's gone like my cats my two young ones are are hyper alert for any kind of like microscopic bug that I can barely see with my naked eye. Mm-hmm. And if I see them in a certain posture together, I know, oh, they found a bug. It's probably mm-hmm. a gnat or something. And I'll go over yeah. there, I'll get a paper towel and I'll grab it and kill it, throw it in the trash. And they will stare at that same spot for 30 more minutes. Yeah. Like, expecting that fucking bug to show back up. They have mm-hmm. no concept of what, of my involvement, like you said, in in the app, uh, in the situation, they're just like, oh, well, everything's yeah. still the same. That was the owner; he's just passing through. But uh, right. now, where's that bug? And I sometimes think that cats don't think of you as a whole body; they think of you as just a face. <laughs> so, so like, <laughs> there's the, this is they, why they, they trip you when they want want food or something. Or they like yeah, they recognize your face, and they know that everything attached to your face is something that's scary to them probably. But like if I lie down, they suddenly, the fear of that whole thing is gone. They are just on top of you and they're, and they don't, I don't think they know that they're on top of you. They just know that your, your face is nearby. (laughs) Well, I know (laughs) if I, I bought, uh, I've been wearing these brimless baseball caps for the Mm. last couple of years, but I Mm -hmm. bought, a regular baseball cap, Memorials cap, uh, a month or two ago. And the first time I wore that, uh, both the younger cats were like, who the fuck is that? Mm-hmm. Like something was obscuring the way my face should register to them. Um, like if they, if I forget to take my sunglasses, sunglasses off, they'll give me the same kind of look like, who the, who the fuck are you? And then mm-hmm. <laughs> when my mm-hmm. brother was here, we were watching, I think it was Elvis, but whatever. He was sitting in one seat. I was sitting in the other and the, my older cat Davis came in and sat on the coffee table and just kept looking at my brother and then looking back at me and then looking back at my brother. <laughs> I swear he, he was recognizing something in my brother, but he was also realizing that's not owner owners mm-hmm. there, but yeah. this looks like owner. It was the funniest thing. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.